Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, joined on the other line, as always, by Anthony Chang. How's it going, Anthony? Good, David. How are you? Pretty good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Not a, not a good way for the Heat to end the New Year. No, no, they did not ring in the New Year or ring out the New Year the, the right way. Uh, I'm still in Washington. Um, I was at Heat Wizards last night, which is one of the weirdest games of the year for the Heat, I think. Worst loss. Probably, yeah. I mean, I wrote that it was the worst loss of the year. I, I honestly don't think there's a, another game you can even make a case for because it was basically like – Memphis, that's it. Yeah, Memphis is the only other time they lost to a sub-500 team. And, um, and I mean, this was – I don't know, actually, from a margin of victory standpoint, if it was the second-worst loss of the year. But it was kind of like the most thorough beatdown since that uh, the Sixers game last month when they lost by 27. So uh, it was just, like, kind of all-around awful, which is very uncharacteristic for this team. Yeah, I mean, it's just – not only are the Wizards not a good team, but they were missing, like, the entire starter lineup. Like, it was yeah, they're missing, like, five of their top eight, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's just, like, honestly, like, I, I was talking to another reporter after the win against Philly on Saturday night, I guess, and I said, look, the Wizards game could be a trap game, like, third game in four nights. The Wizards have a great offense. Like, Bradley Beal could go off. Um, it's in between two, like, good games like with Philly and then – Coming up one game on, road trip is weird. One trip before the new year. But then when I saw Bradley Beal, was, I was like, there's no way. But it ended up being the ultimate trap game, and they lost. Like, the Heat <laughs> kind of – I mean, you, you saw it. Like, I, I think – I mean, it's not an excuse, especially against Washington, and I tweeted it last night, and I, people are, like, criticizing me for it. And again, it's not an excuse. But I do think it's something to point out. It's the third game in four nights, and they just played an, an overtime game. And the game that went down to the final seconds against Indiana, like those are emotionally draining games. Um, and then you come to Washington and play the shorthanded team, like you probably don't expect this. So I think it was just a, a combination of things that went wrong for the Heat. Yeah, I mean, I thought if, if the uh, Wizards were going to win, it was going to be because Isaiah Thomas went off and said uh, Garrison Matthews, a, a person I've literally never heard of. Like I follow college basketball pretty closely, so I've like at least heard of most guys. Um, I'd never heard of him, and he had 28 points uh, career high after his previous career high was six. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of – there was all the guys after the game were basically talking about how they've been really harping on this defense thing all month. It, I, what was it, the Memphis game, I think, when Jimmy was, like, really yeah. critical of the, the defense after the game, and, you know, they've responded to that loss, which was arguably their worst loss prior to this one. Um with a five-game winning streak, but the defense, as you were just noting, was not great even in uh, those games. They were winning really with offense. Um, last night's shots just weren't falling. They were turning the ball over. Um, and the defensive struggle, the offense could not uh, make up for the poor defensive play. And, and in the first half in particular, the defense was really rough. Um, that, was, that Wizards team is like, they just push it, and I don't know. The, Scott Brooks has kind of figured out something with them. Uh, and with that, it, it was kind of a, a re- reminder that they got to get that defense figured out because you have bad shooting nights. Defense is like the cliche is what defense travels, defense shows up every night. And so on a, on a night like that where um, 
I think Jimmy scored 15 points at the free throw line, and only one other player had more than 15 points total. Like, just no one showed up on offense on a consistent basis. 19 Um, turnovers, yeah, just not. You really needed the defense to be there. Um, And, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of – we'll see if it's a wake-up call. The the Grizzlies game kind of, like, looked like a wake-up call um, because they responded with such a good winning streak, but – the good was kind of masking the bad during that, and last night the bad was in the forefront. Yeah, and and look, like, I know they they responded to that Grizzlies loss with a win over Philly, but they they, they did it with zone defense. Like, right. It's not like they just deed up Philly and were, like, shut them down. You know, like, I the man-to-man defense has been somewhat of a concern. Like, it's not – it has not been good. And yeah. for everything that these guys provide on offense, you know, the Tyler Heroes, the – Duncan Robinsons, you know, those dudes, they're playing really good basketball, Kendrick Nunn. Defense is still a work in progress for all those guys, and you're, and you're seeing it. Um, and when you don't have a rim protector like Hassan, which is, I think, where they really miss it on Whiteside, and I've, talked to, I've asked Eric Spolscher about this, and he says, look, we, there's other ways to protect the rim than just having a great shot blocker. Like, there's, you know, you stop the ball, you stop guys from getting in the paint, you build a wall at the rim, and that's fine, but when you don't have guys who can stay in front of stay in front of guards, like, it, it makes it really tough and puts a lot of pressure on on the Heat's big men, who there really isn't. I mean, Bam is athletic, and he can block shots, but he's not, like, this guy who's going to get three or four block shots a game. Like, right. that's not his game. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, how, you know, the Heat always have a good defense, and Eric Spolstra is really creative with that. So he'll probably find something that works. But right now, I think that's where they're really missing justice another guy who can guard and keep guys in front of him. You know, right now the Heat just don't have enough of that. And you've seen it this month. What, what is it, 22nd defensive rating, I think, this month? Yeah, so it was 17 what, going into last night. I, didn't, I haven't seen what it slipped to after last 20, night. So. 22nd. Like, that's just a very uncharacteristic. It's crazy that they, like, that's how good the offense is. And they're 11-4 and four this month, and they have the 22nd best defense. Yeah. That is insane. Like, that is not the formula we thought this Heat team would be using to win games, but um, look, they've, they've, done, they've had a good month. If you say uh, they were going to go 11-4 and four this month, with a, they've had diff- a lot of difficult games, and they've gone 11-4, and four, like, that's a good month, but I think in the long run, you, they got to show up the defense, because it, I don't think this is sustainable. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> this is sort of the same thing we talked about after that Memphis game. Like, it's not like they're just not not just trying. Like, they, they know that this is a problem, obviously. They just don't necessarily have the personnel right now. Like, I, we, I walked into the locker room before the game last night, and everyone was, they were all, all the players, or, you know, a group, it was like uh, Myers, Duncan, Jimmy, and, and Tyler were kind of all sitting in there. Um, and Duncan was talking about, because he, he's been getting in foul trouble a lot lately, I think, because he's, um, just because of the way he, you know, he's trying to figure things out on defense. And they were kind of talking about the – they were they were just kind of coaching him up on defense, trying to, like, figure out different techniques. Like, they know it's an issue, but um, with the personnel that they're using right now, with, you know, a lot of minutes for Tyler, a lot of minutes for Duncan, a lot of minutes for Kendrick Nunn, um, that's just – there's just not the personnel that there have been on this team in the last couple of years. Um, it's why Derek Jones Jr. has been such a revelation over these uh, – yeah last two weeks, two, three weeks, because they just need that one more guy who can can kind of be the stopper um, while Justice is out. 
Um, so we'll see. I mean, it, that that unlocks, I guess, a little bit more. It kind of unlocks a different lineup when you know you can trust uh, Derek like that because now, you know, the, the kind of lockdown defensive lineup that he could roll out was, um, you know, basically anything with the trio of Jimmy, Bam, and Justice. Um, now you can potentially throw Derek into that mix too, and that's just one extra um, stopper on the court that gives you a potentially really good defensive lineup um, for when you really when they when they really feel things are going wrong on that end. But of course, that all hinges on Justice getting back on the court anytime soon. Yeah, and and you point out about Jimmy and Bam, like, and we've talked about this I think a couple weeks ago. The, the defense when Jimmy and Bam are out, the defense is good. Like it's elite, yeah. a one hundred two point seven defensive rating this season when those two guys are on the court. It's when one of them goes off to the bench, or they're both not on the court. Like that's that's the issue. I mean, those two guys are great defenders. They're you know all defense caliber players, but behind them, they're just you know right now there's a lot of young guys like you said still trying to figure out that end of the court and. While they're playing really well offensively, sometimes defense is struggling. I think you're seeing that. Like, and you know, I know that he used a lot of his own last year, so it's just part of suppose you know, kind of his, what he uses. But um, it also has helped kind of mask some of the deficiencies with the man-to-man defense. So, um, I, you know, I think again, it's an issue that the Heat will have to kind of correct here over the next few months. Um, and you hope Justice fixes that. And another thing I wanted to point out, something that's kind of unrelated to defense, but the turnovers, I know, a lot, you know, yesterday they were an issue, 19 turnovers. The Heat have kind of fixed that issue recently. Yeah. They haven't, they've kept their turnovers down, but still the Heat averages second fewest field goal attempts in the NBA per game. So 84 field goal attempts, and their offense is still very good because they're still efficient. But, you yeah, know, well, a lot of, I think they're losing a lot of field goal attempts to Jimmy free throw attempts, right? Like, taking yeah, 10 a game, then it's... Uh, it's a good point. The average the most shots you're not taking. Yeah, they average the most free throw attempts, so that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. But turnovers have also... Yeah, obviously, it's, it's a combination of both. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they've been able to make up for that with the free throws and just how efficient they are. But it's a thin, you know, it's a very thin margin of error. Like, they have to be efficient. When you're shooting... When you're consistently shooting less shots than the opponent, like you got to be a lot more efficient to win those games. So, again, like you know, can they keep this up? Is this shooting percentage sustainable? Whether the fifth best shooting team in the NBA, second best three point, you know, first second best three point shooting team in the NBA, maybe they have a lot of good shooters. But I think again, that's the question we have to keep talking about: is is this formula sustainable? And I think if the defense is going to cons- consistently be like bottom half of the league, that's not good. Yeah, I think sustainable in terms of if it's like that, you're not going to go to the finals, right? You're still going to potentially make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, but um, they're a playoff team. There's no doubt about it, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're a team that could get to the East Finals, I think. Just if this offense is as good as it has looked, I mean, that is good enough pretty much. But, you know, you're not going to compete with then. Yeah. Milwaukee necessarily, or or the LA teams from out west. Um, how good? I mean, with all these guys, because you know Tyler Hero, as great as an offensive player is, there's a seal, probably a cap on what his defense can get to, particularly this year. Same goes for Duncan Robinson. Um, let's just throw Justice out of the equation for now because he changes so much when he gets back. Just this group right now. 
where do you think they can get to defensively? Uh, you know, the talk before the year was top five defense for this team. I don't think no chance with what they have right now. I would say top ten is more of a realistic goal, and even then, it might be just a little bit like I, it, with that person. I, I mean, with Bam and Jimmy, I would say top ten, but. Honestly, like if you're in the fir- top half of the league in defense with that with those guys, like that's yeah. probably fine. Especially if the offense is going to continue to be like seventh, eighth best in the league, um, you'll be okay. But again, like they're twenty second, so I, I, that's just not good enough, you know. Yeah. And, and they know I mean, that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm saying they're going to yeah. get better than this. Gonna, I mean, you would. Yeah, you would think they're going to get better. Um, but look, they, like you said, they've tried. Like they know they're not defending well. It's been an ongoing issue. And we're not just saying this because of last night. Because of the Washington game. Like, right. It was just kind of crystallized what's been wrong. They've been winning games with their offense. Like, it's that's just the way it's been. And, look, you take a win however you can get it. But last night you kind of saw when the offense is not making, like you said, not making shots, like, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I guess it's also worth noting in the playoffs, theoretically you get Jimmy and Bam on the court more often. Yeah. Yeah. So the defense will be better in the playoffs, I think, than it is in the regular season, which which is true for a lot of teams, I think. Um, but it's it's at least one area that, that's worth noting um, because, like you said, with those two on the court, this defense is pretty much as good as anyone's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and 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 yeah, they're gonna play thirty five plus minutes a night prior in the playoffs. So yeah. that's a good point, and I'm sure if Justice is healthy, like. You know he'll be playing a lot of minutes as well. So it, I mean, yeah, Justin's still third on the team in minutes. You know he's only played ten games, but he's still third on the team in minutes per game. Like they're losing a lot by not having him. Uh, yeah, and you saw when Justin was healthy the last time, like they were closing games with a lineup of those three, like Bam, Justice. Yeah, and then just put two shooters, and you're gonna have a good two, offense. Yeah, yeah. or on out of hero, and you're good. You know so. Again, that's going to fix a lot of issues, um, especially, like, those minutes where maybe Jimmy comes off and Bam is still in the game. You can still have Bam and Justice out there, you know. Right. So it's 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 going to change a lot, but they need, you know, Justice to stay healthy. You know, it's been a tough start of the year for him. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup. What, has he played in, like, 10 games, I think, this season only? Yeah, so, 10 games. Um, you know, he's a – I think people are forgetting because they're winning and they're like, oh, we don't – you know, maybe – Justice is not something, somebody we need at this point. Like, the team is good even without him. But, no, this team needs him. And I think, you know, you saw that last night. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's pivot to uh, some decade, end-of-decade stuff. Uh, you put together a Heat all-decade team um, that is going to go up. I don't know. It'll, it'll probably be up around whenever you're listening to this. So just check MiamiHerald.com for that. Um you want to just run through it real quick? I guess four of the five on first team are obvious, and the fifth is, is obvious once you think about it for, like, a second. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, second and third team is is where it gets a little, I guess, a little yeah. more, uh, there's some more debates and stuff like that. So so what do you got? So for I, we did it as uh, three front court players and two backcourt. So we're going positionless. Um, first team, front court, Chris Bosh, LeBron, obviously, and Udonis has them. Um, mm-hmm. Backcourt, Dwayne Wade and Goran Dragic, which I think it's pretty – I mean, you can make the argument numbers-wise maybe Hassan deserves to be in there instead of UD. But with everything UD's accomplished, I think we both agree, right, David, that – Yeah. He, yeah, he, when I said there were four obvious ones, I was thinking Wade, Bosch, LeBron, obviously. 
then I kind of had Haslam as the fourth obvious. Just you spent the entire decade in Miami. Yeah. Won multiple championships. And have his jersey retired at some point. He's gonna have his jersey retired, and you know he, you know, I know he hasn't played a lot in the last half of the decade, but he was a, you know, he was a real part of those title teams. Yeah, and Goran, I mean, he's an all-star, and he's been here now for what? This is his fourth. Yeah, there have only, you know, until Jimmy and Bam are All-Stars this year, there have only been four All-Stars for the Heat since 2010, right? It's the the big three and, and Goron. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's the one, like, you think about it for a second, he's got to be the last guy on the list. For sure. Okay, so second team, front court, Hassan Whiteside, Bam Adebayo, which the duo we rarely saw play together when they were yep. teammates, Jimmy Butler, which... Look, and, you know, we'll talk about this later, but Jimmy probably deserves to be on the first team, but it's just he just got here, so it's tough. To yeah, play. he hasn't even played half the season. Him yeah. just being in the second team is something, you know, saying something. Um, backcourt, Mario Chalmers and Ray Allen. Um, I think that's a solid, solid group. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty obvious second team backcourt, right? Ray yeah. Allen hits the biggest shot in franchise history, um, and Mario Chalmers was. The starting starting point. Yeah, like he was the starting point guard on championship teams. Yeah, underappreciated, I think. Or and while well, while well, simultaneously being like beloved, right? I was gonna say it's like well, underappreciated, but at the same time being overly appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both at the same time, it's crazy. Um, third team front court: uh, Chris Anderson, Birdman, um, Shane Battier, uh, Luol Deng, and then the backcourt of Josh Richardson and Mike Miller. Um, I, I mean, that, like you said, that's where it gets tough, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, Birdman I, and Battier are, are pretty obvious to me, right? Yeah. Luau, obviously... Again, you play a role in those title teams, you, you get a... You get a spot. It gets you points. Yeah. I mean, those are the that's the most memorable era for the Heat, obviously, of this decade, probably in their franchise history. So, yeah. And a lot of those guys are going to be on these teams. And, and, you know, Josh Richardson, you know, Justice is not far off. Justice is not far off of Jay Ridge. I mean, I think they've had pretty... You know, somewhat similar careers, but just the the role Jay Rich played last year on this team, leading scorer and kind of being the go-to guy, and um, turning into a guy who was getting votes on the all you know all defensive votes. Like, uh, I, I you know I gave the edge to him just because of all that. Yeah, maybe if Justice was healthy this year and and playing a big role for this, uh, you know, this what is it, twenty-four and nine start, right? Um, It'd be like an X factor, but yeah, I I agree with uh, Jay Rich. He was until basically December last year. He was the guy for that this last iteration of the Heat, right? Or the guy that they at least like were hoping was going to become the guy. Um, Luol Dang is like kind of emblematic of like what? Yeah, he's just such a weird. I mean, I guess it's right. It's just so weird. Um, you play for the Heat. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so emblematic of like what the second half of the decade was, like the bad of the second half of the decade. You know, when you look at this roster that you put together, it is what four, five, six, eight, no, nine guys from the Big Three era, and then it's like trying to piece together what cares with the rest of the. Yeah, it's true. I mean, think about it. Like, right. from 2000 to two, uh, 2010 to 2014, it was a big three year. And then after that, it was like a bridge, you know? Like, those. Yeah. Like, the final like three years, years were so good. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then from there was, you know, once, once Dwayne left, like, it was just rebuilding, you know? So, you know, like, I, I have an honorable mention list, which I'm not going to put on there, but I guess it can be a podcast exclusive 
Um, my honorable mention list is Justice, which we mentioned. You know, yep. ten for setting the, the the team record for three pointers made in the season that one year. Um, you know, I I know Dion's going through a rough time right now, and he didn't have a great year last year. But what he did his first season with the Heat, um, it, again, if you're gonna you know third team, like you said, we're piecing together guys. Um, you know, Dion I think should be an honorable mention guy. Tyler Johnson for what he did as well, earning that contract. James Johnson. Um, and then Kelly Olynyk, like Kelly Olynyk has pretty much led the team in plus minus the last two years, and yeah. he's been pretty good, like pretty solid. Um, so uh, you know, I, those when I went through all the entire like every roster for the last ten years, those are the names that I made a list of, and I said, okay, can do these guys have an argument to be on any of the three teams? And yeah, yeah I decided no, but I you know I put them there like as just an honorable mention that they at least got recognized. It's kind of funny how many guys from this list are like sort of the signature guys, including this honorable mention list you, you laid out, are kind of the signature guys from the uh, 30 and 11, right? I mean, yeah, that's kind of right. Cool. Like that's that's why Dion gets attention. That's why Tyler Johnson gets attention. That's why James Johnson gets attention. I know these guys didn't make your list, but that's sort of the, the team that is, I think, was remembered really fond, fondly in, like, the immediate aftermath, right? Like, the next year was, like, wow, if they can, like, spring this into next year, that's that's awesome. Like, it was, it was a, such a fun run for uh, Miami. And now just, what, two, three years later, it's like that is such a distant memory, even though some of the guys are still on the roster, obviously. It just right. it's it so changed different. so yeah. quickly from being that team that they – there was there – was, Really fun for basically for literally half the season, um, and I, I mean I think when you you think about this isn't a list you have but just like kind of the the top memories the top moments from the the decade you know the first like eight are probably big three but then after that I mean thirty and eleven has to be kind of in that next group right there's like yeah, yeah. Wade's Wade's postseason. Uh, like basically his last, his kind of last postseason <laughs> moments, like the Philly game. Um, which game? The Philly game. Uh, yeah, the Philly game. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte. Um, but like other the of the non of the moments not attached to the big three at all. None of the the three guys. Like thirty and eleven is is like if you just eliminated, you can't include any top moments that include LeBron, Bosch, or Wade. Like thirty and eleven is probably top. Yeah, no, it's right. Right. I, I I agree. I mean, I was. Which is like weird the, how far that things have kind of come in in that short period of time. Yeah, that, that was the. I think that was the defining moment of kind of that team. Obviously, like after that, things didn't go that well. But that thirty and eleven record, like that was that was a fun time for this team. Like, and a season that wasn't supposed to be that you know fun. Right. Like it was a. It was something that, you know, was made that season intriguing and made that team intriguing. Yeah. Um, how many guys who are on the current roster are we going to be talking about on the Heat's 2020s all-decade team, do you think? Um, well, Bam and Jimmy, for sure. I mean, yeah, Bam right and now. Jimmy, like, are locks unless, like, one yeah. of them gets seriously injured. I would say Tyler Hero. You know, he's at yeah. 19. He's, the way he's playing right now, like, that, he's going to be good. <laughs> um yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I, I get. I 
I, I'm not going to say Goran only because, like, I don't know. This is his last Yeah, we year. don't know if he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, he's going to be a free agent this summer. Who knows, like, what his future holds and, you know, the decade starts next season. So we don't even know if he's going to be on the team. Um, I, I mean, Duncan, I, I don't – the way Duncan's shooting the ball, I don't want to be, like, a prisoner of the moment, but the way he's shooting the ball, like, he could go down as, like, the best shooter in Heat history. Duncan's going to slot nicely into that Ray Allen yeah. from like the second or third team. Second or third team. Like, he's going he's gonna to set the – I mean, he's already on pace to like shatter Wellington's record for three-pointers made in the season. And I'm guessing he's probably going to do that again at some point in the next decade. Um, he's still pretty young. So maybe Duncan Robinson like, is the third team guy, I would say. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, I'm trying to think. Let me see. I mean, Casey Okpala, we don't know what he's going to be yet, so it's hard to say. Yeah, um, I don't have him factored in. Yeah. Um, and my, my first team 2020s all decade for the Heat, I've got Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam, Giannis, <laughs> and Bronny James. That's a good first team. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I see some championships. Zaire Wade, does Zaire Wade get on the list? He might. First team or second team? I'll get second team for him. <laughs> That's. I mean, if they have those five, if that first team is is real, if that happens, they they'll win at least two championships this decade. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you think about this, twenty twenties all decade team, like being more serious here for a second. Yeah. If it is a Jimmy, um, Tyler, Bam, and then like a free agent to be named later, whether it's Giannis or. I don't know, because they're going to get someone, right? Like Old Depot, yeah. Some of yeah, them. they're going to get someone. If that is four of your five, and those guys are all kind of here for the, the kind of four of the five defining players of the decade for the Heat, then it's going to be a good decade, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think you're already like... Kendrick Nunn, like, could he be on the yeah, I was list say also? Or yeah. could he be like the, the Mario Chalmers of the next era, but like maybe even better than Mario Chalmers? Like... Justice Winslow, you know, I mean, yeah, Justice. Like if he gets healthy and he and he plays a big role on this team and is finishing games, like why not, you know, him as well? So yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Chris Silva, how about Chris Silva? Yeah, it's, yeah, there's guys. Like, there's so many young guys. Yeah, like, if you if we had been talking about this ten years ago, before you know, before the big three came together, right? Twenty ten, it was it came together that summer. So. Um, there was not this kind of certainty moving into the next decade. I know decades are like a human construct, and who cares about a decade? But um, it's just a, a a good reminder of like that they've got a, a core here that's going to be here for for a while, yeah, foreseeable future. Yeah, and the, 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 I think the main thing is look, and again we've talked about this all year. It's, Jimmy's been doing what kind of what you expect. Probably not even like he's not even shooting as good as you would expect, but he's still playing well. Um, but it's the young guy. It's all the young guys around him that have been surprising, and I think that's the most encouraging thing entering 2020 is you have this young core that you kind of built out of nowhere with, yeah, first-round pick and Tyler Hero, but the rest is, like, undrafted guys and guys you just found and developed into, into play, you know, into rotation players. Like, that's been probably the most impressive and surprising thing that all of a sudden he'd have this really promising young core that, Really could probably attract a good free agent in a couple of years. Yeah, but they don't have Garrison Matthews. They and, don't. Uh, that was what mattered last night. Um, <laughs> I think we can wrap up there unless you got anything else. Um, no, that's it. I just want to say Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, thanks again to everyone who listens to this podcast. And 
reads our stuff. Uh, we really, Dave and I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a, a good year for the podcast. I feel like we uh, we, we we made growth, Anthony. We we got better in, in 2019, and we're gonna get even better in 2020. I think we can be on the Miami Herald's All Decade Team next. Yeah, that's it's possible. I, I don't know. We didn't make it for uh, this this current decade, unfortunately. But small but sample size. Yes, yeah, exactly. We were we were fishing in our limited minutes. We were sort of the uh, the uh, Bam and Jimmy of the Miami Herald's 2010s All Decade Team. Exactly. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you working on anything else? Uh, well, the All Decade Team is really what I've been focusing on right yeah. now, but um, I, I will have something more on the Chris Silva story as far as his mom coming uh, to South Florida um, later this week. Um, but other than that, no, uh, just just waiting to see what how the Heat respond here to to yesterday's defensive performance. I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how you know they've never they haven't lost consecutive games all season, so yeah. Can they keep that going? Like that's that's an impressive streak. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Chris Silva thing, but that was uh, one of the coolest moments of the year, right? I mean, yeah, I was, yeah. It was like I mean, you saw it like the video came out and it went viral. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That's that that was really cool to see. I mean, Chris obviously has an incredible story. Yeah. Like, if you if you haven't seen Anthony's story, he wrote well, a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, yeah, it was, it was about, like a month, about a month ago, I would say. Yeah. Sort of, kind of about that before it happened about uh, how Chris Silva hadn't seen his family and or seen him once in seven years or something. I don't remember the exact timeline, but it's been a long time. And then obviously, it, it, it gives a lot of context for why um, that video was was kind of so meaningful. Yeah, no, it was, and he was still. I mean, the thing, the best thing about it was just seeing his face and how surprised he was. It's hard to keep a secret these days. Yeah, but they did a good job because he was. He did not see it coming. He's, he's like yeah. he said after the game. He's like, I thought I was seeing a ghost. Like imagine, like he's like he couldn't believe that was his mom. So that was a yeah, that was that was a really cool moment and one that I think when we look back at this season, that'll be one of those moments that probably you know will always kind of stick out. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at db wilson too. Um, I'm not really working on anything too exciting these days. Um, I was at the Heat game last night, so if you you want to read what the hell went wrong. Uh, <laughs> You can do that. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, though, um, and we will talk to you next year.